Welcome to Two Sides to the Story with Ted and Lori. I'm Ted Zaleski. And I'm Lori Herstetter. So as usual, we are coming to you from Exploration Commons. It is a rainy Friday afternoon, and uh, this is the first time we've been able to chat about what's been going on for a while, actually. Um, Last weekend, we were not at book events uh, together as one for two sides, but in talking this week, we've learned that we both had some interesting book things happen. So we're going to refresh each other on on what that was like. Um, I know a little bit about what Ted did. Ted knows a little bit about what I did, uh, but we're going to talk about more details together while we share that with, with you listening. So Ted, tell us about last weekend and where you ended up. Yeah, I think my story is probably a whole lot less interesting than what uh, Lori's going to have to share. And it, it's really uh, not even so much a book story as a place we might visit story someday. I was in Baltimore for a retirement party for a friend of mine and I was leaving and the GPS was doing what appeared to be stupid things. And I was trying to figure out, okay, how do I get out of here? And I found myself just by accident in a neighborhood called Waverly. I know the name, don't think I've ever been there before, but um, I believe this was the first year of a Waverly book festival. We did not go there. Uh, But we have it on a list of places to go, and it could be that uh, next year we will be there. So I'm driving through, and I said, oh, this is Waverly. I guess this is where the book festival is. And it took me right by the Waverly branch of the Enoch Pratt Library. Never been there either. Uh, Didn't stop, but, you know, saw it and, you know, waved as I went by. I remember the book festival coming up as a an event in the area on a weekend, we had something else going on and couldn't do it. But I don't remember looking at the details of, of what it was. Was the library sort of the host for the event? Is there a local bookstore? Do you remember that detail? I don't. Okay. Uh, I, I really don't. Yeah. I don't think I know anything other than it's in Waverly. It's in Waverly. And okay. I think it was, it was, it was a spring. Okay. And even about the library, you said you haven't been, I certainly haven't. Did you look to see about the details of the of the branch? Maybe it's one to visit. Uh, nope, didn't do anything more. Okay. Just uh, just a drive by. Drive by. So beyond that, I know just in quick talks that we have had this week, other book sorts of things have happened. Um, what comes to mind for me immediately is about Monica and Ian and their trip, and you talked with them, saw them this week, and they're very close to leaving on their vacation, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's definitely going to be a topic of conversation um, in the shows to come as they share with us what their trip ends up looking like. Was anything specifically mentioned of places she's planning to visit that are bookish or she's keeping us in the dark for a moment? <laughs> well, you might remember when when we talked to her on our episode, she, you know, she said she wasn't a big she planner. didn't say planner, but mm-hmm. the idea was, I don't plan this stuff out. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of see see what happens. So I, I know she's done a little bit of poking around about what bookstores are out there. Uh, I don't remember any specifics. But uh, they're going to be visiting a lot of places. They're going to be staying put for a little bit in Santa Fe and Boise. Mm. So they'll have definitely opportunity there, mm-hmm. or uh, they or she. And... 
uh, it's on her mind. You know, I, I don't know what to expect from the, from the trip, but it's definitely on her mind. Share with us, you know, what's going on with the store she finds and the, and the book she finds. So I'm, I'm interested to you know, hear what happens. I can't wait to hear where she ends up and, and checking in with her about, you know, things that she finds. Uh, she's already said that she'll send us pictures, maybe some quick videos that we can share with, with the audience. The other thing is um, just the how difficult or easy it may be to stay connected with her. Because as she mentioned on the Father's Day episode, so if you're hearing this and trying to connect the dots, um, Monica is Ted's daughter. We recently did a Father's Day episode in which she came on as a guest. Um, That is episode 27, I think, if you haven't watched or listened and want to and check that one out. Um, So she told us about her trip and that I think she may have even said then, Wi-Fi might be questionable in some areas. They're doing some combination of Airbnbs and some camping. So checking in with her is something we're interested in doing. Coordinating what's actually available and when is the part we don't know. But as the summer rolls on, we will have some updates about Monica and Ian's trip. Maybe we'll go on the road and do an in-person. <laughs> yes, we absolutely should an in, in-person interview. Um, and when certainly, if nothing else, when they get back, yep. we can check in to see how their trip went and you know have a bit of a scrapbook of, of that adventure and live vicariously through through their trip. Yes, looking forward to it. Definitely. So you have an interview that you're preparing for. You've got a, a book coming. Well, how's it coming? You've been through the first read? Almost. Okay. Uh, the book is... I'm grabbing it. James Garfield, Radical to Unifier, by C.W. Goodyear. I don't remember how much we said about this earlier, but I'm reading this because of the interview, but uh, if you had asked me about James Garfield, I would have had very little to offer. I knew he was a president sometime after the Civil War. I knew he had a beard, and I knew he was assassinated. And that about covered it. He's a very interesting guy. I've learned a lot, uh, things I had no idea, and a lot of very interesting parallels between the time of the book and our time. And I just, actually, just a few minutes ago, as I was waiting for, for Lori, um, got to his assassination. Mm-hmm. So uh, the first, first reading is almost done. I've got uh, two more to get in, and time is ticking. Yes. Uh, if you've not heard of this event yet, uh, we will certainly put it in the show notes and it's not too late. Um, it's a pretty big book. Uh, you'd have to read, um, be a quick reader to get through it in time for the interview. Uh, but I can say, even if you haven't read the book, it would be uh, a great event to attend. If this sounds something that you are interested in, uh, the event is on Saturday, July 8th. It is at two o'clock. It's being held at Carol Lutheran Village. It is a, um, not, I'd say ticketed. You do want to reserve your space, um, but there is no fee to attend uh, this author interview that Ted will be conducting. And you can register to be in the crowd um, through the Carroll County Public Library website. So we will send the event information for that uh, for you to sign up if you'd like to go. 488 pages. That's big. So, anything else on your list of updates? 
No, but I think you have something to tell us. I do. Um, I suggested that we put together this episode based on something that um, happened for me last weekend. And um, I am sitting here right now with a box of books. And I've got my coat covering them up. (laughs) So we really could have an interesting, spontaneous conversation about the books that I have and how I got them. And I'm blindfolded and my hands are tied behind my back. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Let's not scare everybody, Ted. Let's do this. I'm going to hand you coat behind. It's convenient that it was raining today because that ended up being a cover so you wouldn't get a peek at these books. I wanted to get your real reaction rather than you tell me an hour worth of things before we even get on the show. So that's why the surprise, element of surprise. So you hold the box and I'm going to take a picture. There we go. Let's put it that way. And then we will put this on the episode. Ted getting a peek at the books. For the first time. Okay, you really, well, let's do that again. That was, okay, good. Element of surprise and very good. One of those will look all right. Okay, thanks for playing along. So now, <laughs> let me tell you the story about how these books came to be. My sister um, is a big gardener and she was looking for plants and found a garden center. This is in uh, Shrewsbury, Pennsylvania, and uh, it's called Father's Daughter. And it is a gift and garden center. And they just so happen to be having a book sale. So as she's stumbling around looking for information about places to buy plants, she found something that would clearly appeal to me. So uh, I got to go to this event. And as what often seems to happen, we end up with such interesting stories about people um, and how they ended up with books in their lives. And this is is no different. Um, and I want to back up. I said the name wrong. It's Farmer's Daughter. Father's Daughter makes no sense. As I said it, I'm like, that doesn't sound right. So I looked it up real quick. It is Farmer's Daughter Gift and Garden Center. Uh, they are in Shrewsbury, Pennsylvania. And I'm looking at the flyer right now. It says, huge book sale. Entire greenhouse full, unsorted thousands of books, all topics. 50 cent paperback or $1 hardback. Spring and fall sale. Running from June 17th to June 25th. Now today is June 23rd. So there are still two days left of this sale. I'm going to do my best to get this episode published tonight or first thing tomorrow so that people who are listening, if you're one that listens as soon as we post a show, would have an opportunity to go to the book sale that's happening right now. I can see it already. Lines of cars <laughs> waiting to get into Shrewsbury. <laughs> yes, and the owner who I met this day, Megan, saying, wow, all these cars, where are they coming from? <laughs> well, because two sides sent them. So you have until Sunday um, to get to the sale, but she did say that they are doing it again in the fall. We will put the information in the show notes so that you can um, get directions to go there if you'd like. So I'm going through the greenhouse and I've got all these books to look at. And you hear people talking and some of them are obviously shoppers at the the place on a normal basis for plants. And so they were asking questions, you know, are you going to do this again? Do you have more books? Oh, yes, I have many, many, many books. 
So I was able to talk to Megan, the owner, and learn that her father, the farmer's daughter, the farmer wanted to be a book person back in the day. And she said that in the early 80s, he started collecting books with the intention of opening a bookstore. And that dream never came to fruition. So they ended up with many, many, many books that they are now finding a home for. So the prices can't be beat. And what's very interesting about going to shop for books at something like this is that you're absolutely gonna find some unique titles. Obviously not everything is in mint condition and it's not the, the latest published work of a certain author, but they must have had, well, easily to say thousands of books, but some of the, the top authors that you hear a lot of, if you're a, if you're a Nora Roberts fan, there were hundreds of Nora Roberts books. So there's just um, lots of great opportunities for those kinds of titles, but then also obscure things that you've just never heard of. So Ted and I have talked about when we shop for books and our good book hunting, sort of how that tends to go, what grabs your eye and why. So today is a little bit of what grabbed my eye and why, but also I think it's gonna be interesting to hear Ted's reactions to some of the books that I found because you have read so much and so many different genres that I'm gonna be curious to see which books you've read, which ones you've heard of, which books you've read another book from that author, et cetera, and so forth. Yeah, this will be the day that, where you totally stump me and I say, never heard of any of these things. I don't see that happening at all. All right, so I don't know exactly the right way to go at this. We'll just dig through the pile. First, actually, I do know one way I'll go at this is children's books first. Do you want me to take the box back so you're free to... No, you're, I'm handing them to you to okay. get your reaction, okay. so I'm good to have it here with me. Right. All right, so let's start with kids' books, because, of course, Lori can't go to a book sale, or any book event for that matter, and not end up with some kids' books. So I have a total of 15, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 16 books, four of which are kids' books. So I actually did pretty good, I think. Only four out of 16 are children's books. So, first one, Miss Susie. Do you remember this book? Have you seen this before? It does not look familiar. Okay. I recognize the name of the illustrator. Okay. So, Miss Susie, we, I'll take pictures of all of these and post it so everybody can see, by Miriam Young, pictures by Arnold Lobel. And so tell me a little bit about the illustrator. You know more uh, there? No, I'm just, I, I recognize the name. Oh, but, but you don't and, know. And I'm, I'm guessing if we started looking, we, I would find some books that I remember that he illustrated, but I can't come up with one. Okay. And I have not done any research. I thought it might just be fun to react on, um, on demand rather than scripted. So I'm wondering if there are other Miss Susie books. She is very familiar to me. From my oh, childhood. What is it? Frog and Toad. Is this the same as... Okay. So Frog and Toad, we've talked about a little bit before, I think. Uh, on a it, show. It came you up and I have talked for sure, but I didn't know if it's come up on an episode or not. Maybe. Okay. Getting hard to remember. It is. But we're going to have to do a little look in because Miss Susie immediately 
I've recognized it. So this is definitely a book that I must have read as a kid. And I don't know if there was a series or if this is a one and only, but book number one, Miss Susie, illustrated by the same illustrator that did the Frog and Toad series, which Ted and I have both enjoyed at some level. What do you find? Okay. Um, Other titles? There is at least Miss Susie's Easter Surprise. Okay. And a real quick look, I'm just saying, unwaste, no, here it says Miss Susie Book Series. Uh, Miss Susie, Miss Susie's Easter Surprise, Miss Susie's Birthday. Um, that's the only three that come up here. All right, real quick, let me take a look. It's not in the best condition because it's clearly um, seen better days, which tells you also its age. So I want to see 1964. So we're not talking about age today or whether Lori was around in 64 or not. She wasn't. <laughs> she wasn't. <laughs> but um, I do remember this book. So it had already had some life in it before I got to it. But I do remember that in, in my childhood. All right. Next book is also a children's book uh, by Lillian Moore called I Feel the Same Way. Illustrations by Robert Quackenbush. Familiar at all? No. Okay. Not to me either. This one I did not choose because I knew it. I choose, I chose it because I, I think I probably looked at every book in the kids section because I wanted to get a bunch of them and I really had to step away and not take them all, but it is a book of poetry, it is a children's book of poetry. So we have titles like Waking, In the Sun, Rain Rivers, I'm flipping, In the Fog. So it's poetry for kids if you catch a firefly. Um, and as you guys might know, if you've been watching the show for a while, at the beginning of the year, we talked about a reading list and how many books we were going to try to read and, and what they might be. And one category on my list was I want to read a book of poetry. And this is it because okay. I can do this. This is literally, you know, 30, 40 pages. Dragon smoke. Doesn't that sound cool? So my poetry book that I will read, I absolutely will read this year, is now in my hand. It is a children's poetry book. Okay. Sounds like a good way to get there. And, you know, on children's poetry, just thinking, um, the first two writers that come to me, the uh, Shel Silverstein and Robert Lutsky, mm. uh, both have a number of books, children's poetry, and yes. a lot of good stuff. The Giving Tree. We talked about Charles Silverstein recently. Um, what's the other title that come, uh, where the sidewalk ends? The I don't missing piece. Yes, the, the big O. I think mm, you're more familiar than I am. But yes, very well known author. And Robert Pulitsky had one of Pizza as Big as the Sun. Something big was here. I think one was called. Mm. Really good stuff. <laughs> I actually I I went to my son's class when he was out of kindergarten or first grade or something like that read mm -hmm. some of the poems, uh, poems and i remember he was so embarrassed that i was, was there <laughs> if he could have curled up in the corner <laughs> i think he would have oh yeah it's tough uh going to read to your kids at school or career day or even chaperoning a field trip after a while you're no longer wanted there <laughs> so you gotta gauge that wisely. Go when they're young because they won't want you there when they're bigger. 
Next book is also a children's book, Harry and the Lady Next Door. This is by Jean Zion. It's an I Can Read book. Pictures by Margaret Bloy Graham. Does that look familiar to you at all? Well, for those of you who can't see the book, we'll Harry, take pictures. Harry is a dog. Yes, Harry is a dog. And he does look kind of familiar to me. I can't say I, I remember it or remember any books, but I kind of feel like I've seen that. That will be a good one to look up to see if this is a series. Something tells me it might be, but I absolutely positively know this book. I know this book very well. I think that this is a book that I read over and over and over again. Hadn't thought about it in years. We talk about serendipity. We talk about the Mr. Men series and Little Miss books. We have not talked about Harry, but Harry and this little dog, with he's white with black spots, is a character I remember very well from childhood. There are a bunch of Harry books. See, I just, yes. Yeah. So this one is, um, I can't wait to read it. I can't believe I haven't read it already. I specifically put this box away because I wanted to be able to have the reactions with you when we did the episode. But this, this one might be the first one that I read. So a couple of the other ones. Harry by the Sea. Okay. No Roses for Harry. Harry the Dirty Dog. Harry and the Guinea Pig. I think the Dirty Dog. That might be the one that I remember the most. That seems extremely familiar to me. Highly recommended <laughs> from many years ago. All right, last kid's book, and this one's really kind of funny. So again, you go to something like this, and you're going to walk away with just very different books. This I picked because of the author. Look who the author is. Madonna. Madonna. The one and only Madonna. And I looked at it and I thought, oh, what a beautiful book. Oh, my goodness. It's Madonna. And then I realized it's written in Spanish. And I bought it anyway <laughs> because it was a dollar and because it's Madonna. Now, it's in great condition. And I do not read Spanish. And I thought I can't walk away without a Madonna book. And whether this sits on my bookshelf forever or we find a child who reads Spanish that would like this, either way, I don't care. I had to have it. So and I'm betting you like the pictures a lot, whether you understand the words. Exactly. Or not. So you can read a book uh, without reading the book if, if you get enough from the illustrations, and the illustrations are beautiful. There's a number of celebrities who have written children's books. I've yes. often wondered what it is. You know, if somebody gets to a, a place in our celebrity world and they say, well, I should write a children's book. Well, you know what's funny is I believe that came up in our John Waters episode. Didn't John Waters say something to the effect of the worst category <laughs> of literature is celebrities who think they can be writers yeah something I, to that yes, degree i think you're right <laughs> so i don't know what he would think about this but um i was a madonna fan back in the day and so having a book that she wrote just um, felt right to me huh. and it's definitely in a different category because i can't even read that one now, i had four years of spanish okay I had and one. This was in eighth grade, a long time ago. I've still hung on to some vocabulary, so I doubt that I could read it, but I, I probably could recognize enough words to have some idea of what's going on. Do you know what the title is? OK. 
Can you at least say it without butchering the pronunciation as badly as I oh, would? Yeah. Las Manzanas del Señor Peabody. We will find out what that means. Clearly, Mr. Peabody. Something about Mr. Peabody. And we will put that in the show notes, as well as all of these titles that we found. Shall we move on to adult books? No, I'm reading. No, you're reading in Spanish. Okay. So then the next separation is by paperback versus hardback because okay. the paperbacks were 50 cents. So the very first paperback, I only bought three paperbacks. A lot of um, hardbacks were available. So the first one is based on a recent episode, the Father's Day episode, because you recommended what book? <laughs> the Shining. The Shining. <laughs> If you don't find that funny all by itself, you will have to listen to the Father's Day episode, listeners, and see what you think about yeah. how Monica and I laughed and laughed about Ted and The Shining being his recommended pick for Father's Day. I was thinking about this recently, <laughs> and um, you know, Monica and, and Lori were getting, getting on me some about my Pick. And my point was not that it was a wonderful story of father and son, but that it was a story that revolved around a father and son. But something came to my mind the other day that would have been a, in their mind, better selection, and that's uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, yes, that's that's very good yeah, and a classic. Much better, Ted. Okay, so I did not buy The Shining <laughs> or To Kill a Mockingbird. It was called Father. That's the title of the book. Famous writers celebrate the bond between father and child. And what's very interesting is you can take a look at the authors and people that it references in this book. So I know you know some of these names. Go ahead and react to the book based on what you're seeing on the title. Well, John Updike, I've read a number of his books. Dean Koontz is a name I recognize. I don't think I've ever read anything of his. Uh, that's that's actually it. It's a list of three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, eighteen, twenty-one, twenty-four, twenty-seven writers. But um, I think there's the only two. No, and there's another one, E N E. And I don't know how you say her last name. P R O U L X. I know I've seen it around. Pro oh, that looks familiar to me too. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, I, uh, this this would be interesting. And the first thing that occurs to me, I wonder, I don't know if they all did it the same way when they talk about relationships between fathers, father and child. Are they talking about their relationship with their father or, or with their child? Yes. It could even be character-based in stories that they've written, books they've written. Who knows what angle it takes? I would imagine it's a mix of all these things. But I don't know if I can yet say this would be a Father's Day recommended book, but it's why I picked it up, because we had just done a Father's Day episode. Next, um, paperback book. This one might make you giggle. Why She Buys. <laughs> the New Strategy for Reaching the World's Most Powerful Consumers. This is written by Bridget Brennan. She is the CEO of Female Factor. Again, I have not gone through any of these books. It was just a reaction to what grabbed my eye and why, and thought it would be fun to talk about in, in a show, at least this one. And I would imagine as the months march on, maybe we'll have some reaction to some of these books that we then decide to dig into. 
there's probably a chapter in here about people like Lori who buy things but almost never pay what the seller intended to get for it. That's why she buys. That's one of the reasons that I buy is because the price is too hard to walk away from. Do I need another skirt? No, I don't need another skirt, but it was $3. So I bought the skirt. So that's why I bought this. It grabbed me. I would like to understand myself and my buying habits a little bit better. I think this book is intended for someone who is selling a product or service to women as a what's going to work in your marketing approach. But I didn't do that. I bought it because I was interested in what she had to say about why I buy the way I do. Yeah, I can see that. I enjoy shopping. So maybe I'll learn something about myself. Last paperback book. This is very interesting. The title I picked because of you, The Return of Merlin. You're going to have to talk about your interest in, in this genre. But look who wrote it. Uh, Deepak Chopra. Who is not known for this kind of a book at all. No. And um, I'm aware of him. I've never read anything of his. I had no idea he did anything, assuming that this it's is Arthurian legend. Yeah. Uh, I, I have read a lot of Arthurian legend tales, mm -hmm. stories, retellings. I own a whole, a whole bunch. Uh, they're not all in one place, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if I have a couple dozen books, different authors, different uh, ways of, of, of telling. Uh, it's um, For me, yeah, they're, just, they're, they're good stories, but in many ways what's more interesting is just the variety of ways they're, they're used and the places mm -hmm. they, they go. I even remember a, a science fiction version I read mm. once. This is future space travel planets around the galaxy, but the core of it was Arthurian. What really intrigued me about this is one, I knew it would be a book that you'd be at least interested in taking a peek at. And for 50 cents, it was worth it. Um, but what I thought connecting your interest in this genre to something that I think is just interesting is when we talk about reading outside your boundaries, you know, what is it that's your typical genre? This is an example, I think, of an author going outside their normal writing style. Because anyone who knows of him probably thinks in terms of spirituality, mindset, wellness. And this is a novel. And it's about a very different type of thing than his norm. So I'll just read the back here. It says, uh, Chopra's Ageless Body, Timeless Mind, 1993, first novel, comes up with a mind-body version of the Arthurian legend that lends great charm to familiar lore. He keeps the pot boiling with symbols that bounce meanings off the page and a plot that turns inside out like a glove as characters shift shapes and identities and ends up the detective thriller with miraculous inversions and magical events. Crawling about on the web of time makes for lively storytelling. Um, that's back of the book by Kirkus Reviews. So it just looked like a treasure for 50 cents. Yep. Uh, I'll have to find, find time to squeeze that in somewhere. The good news is we now own all of these books. So there is no expiration date or return to the library date. You get to it when you want to get to it. And I say we, I include all of us in that, you know, this two sides community that we're building. We've gotten book recommendations from people. 
We've sent some to you. This library, I don't know how we logistically share it with you, but we would like to share it with you. So if we find these treasures and can pick up 16 books for $14.50, we will find a way to make it available. We need our little free library. We need to stock it with these books that I just found. And yeah, maybe one day there'll be an Arthurian legend episode. Oh, you definitely yeah. could run the show on that one. I'll say for now, yeah, to say what's my favorite, it's one of those really hard things. But I'd say the thing I've enjoyed the most, and I've gone back to a number of times, is a, a woman named uh, Mary Stewart who wrote a five-book series. And very, very enjoyable. Looking to see how many I have left, and they are all hardback. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You having enough fun to keep going, or should be it a two-part episode? I'm okay. Keep going. All right. So what do we have next? And I'm just pulling randomly now. All right. This one is called Nothing Gold Can Stay Stories. Um, this is Ron Rash. And it doesn't. Okay. So why I got this book. It has a really pretty cover. Um, it's a picture of a tree. And it's one of those sort of, I don't know what you want to call it. But part of the book is like a matte finish. Um, most of the book cover is a matte finish. And the tree itself is shiny. So if you look at it, 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 that's what grabbed me. When I picked it up and I saw that, I thought, ooh, that's pretty. What's this about? It looks sort of creepy. So I wasn't sure it was going to be for me. I don't do creepy books. And I picked it up to see what it was about. And I realized that it is a book of short stories, which if you go back to the episode on doing this year what kind of books you want to read. I wanted to read a book of poetry and I wanted to read a collection of short stories. So this is the one I picked. Any? Mean no reference at all to you. Okay. What else? Hollowed Ground. This is James McPherson, A Walk in Gettysburg. It's, uh, he, if that sounds familiar to you, is the Pulitzer Prize winning author of Battle Cry of Freedom. So this is certainly not my typical genre at all, but I did walk away from this thinking, this is too many books for Ted and I. We got already too many books to read. Would this be the kind of book that someone in our listening audience would be interested in? And there are a lot of people who really like history, and this is the area of the country that we live in. Gettysburg is 45 minutes away from us, so it just seemed like this one might be an interesting one to pick up for $4. What do you have to say? You know a little something? I, I know McPherson well. Okay. I, mean, not, I don't know him. Your friends, I, I yes. yes. Books and a beer. <laughs> uh, he's written a lot of books about the C Civil War. Okay. Uh, and he, he's very, very enjoyable to read. This actually takes me back to a probably elementary school memory. Uh, I read a lot of history when I was young, including history about the Civil War. And I remember thinking at one time, about reading all the books and that I wanted to know more about the Civil War than anybody in the world knew. Mm. <laughs> that didn't happen. Good luck with that. There are a lot of people who have that goal. Um, my uncle in particular is very interested in Civil War history and if no one else gets this, it, it might be him. And I'm seeing Michael in a couple of weeks for 4th of July, so this might just end up at his house. The other thing I wanted to mention of why I picked this one is that it's short and sweet. I like miniature books. Um, so this one is, is an easy, quick read, and you like maps. It has a map, front inside cover, 
back inside cover of Gettysburg as it is today with all of the different, you know, where the, uh, you know, I'm seeing some familiar things, National Cemetery, Culp's Hill. Uh, I'm looking to see Devil's Den. All, yep, there's Devil's Den, Big Round Top. It's all there. So just nice as a local book. Read it and then go visit is kind of what I had in mind. Next up. I did send you a text while I was there about this book because I knew that you were a Steve Martin fan. I didn't tell you what it is. It's called Born Standing Up, A Comics Life by Steve Martin. So if you don't know, Steve Martin isn't just a writer. He is an actor. He is a comedian. And he is someone that Ted is a fan of. So I sent a text text to Ted while I was shopping for these books and simply asked if he had this book. So your response? Uh, I said I read it, but I don't own it. Now you have it. So I got the book. How long ago was it that you read it? Uh, five years, 10 years. Okay. So it's been a while. That's the first one you're taking home, I imagine. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, yeah, Steve Martin is a very interesting guy. Now, some people know of him from the, from the early Saturday Night Live days when he and John Blank of the name used to do this thing, the wild, wild and crazy guys, which I found really annoying. Mm. But he went on to do a lot of other stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, some movies I enjoy a lot. You know, he, he's written, he's done comedy, very funny. Uh, last couple of years, he's been part of a, um, a TV show called Only Murders in the Building with <laughs> Martin Short. And he's a very good bluegrass banjo player who's actually re released uh, albums. Who knew? So him and Martin Short, that's not a new pairing. They've been together on some things like multiple times, right? Yeah, I'm not sure how far back they, they go. They did a movie together with uh, Chevy Chase called The Three Amigos, I love which Chase. is a uh, takeoff on um, The Magnificent Seven. Mm. And for real movie buffs, uh, the Japanese movie, uh, The Seven Samurai. Okay. What I remember of him is one, well, more than one movie. I think there was one with The Bride. Is he the father of The Bride? Father of the Bride. I remember yeah, that. A remake of the Spencer Tracy movies. And there's one other one. He played a really funny character, uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Have you seen that one? I don't think I ever have. Oh, that's really good. That one is funny, like laugh out loud funny. He does some crazy things. That one may not be for a young audience, but it is one that uh, I think is, is very interesting. All right, we're looking to the next book. Now, so far, I'm looking at this. I'm thinking about this one that we just handed over to you. Is that the only one that you have read so far? Yes. Just so you know, if you heard that sound, we're having technical difficulties. We just had a flash come up on the um, Exploration Commons laptop that said battery low. So apparently I'm being too chatty today. And <laughs> oh, it, it was, <laughs> it was unplugged. unplugged. <laughs> I, I have no idea why. It's one of those things where you think, gosh, have we been talking that long that we're the, they're pulling the plug on us? So anyway, we're back in business. Hopefully that doesn't affect the episode. But Ted just went behind and plugged it in and we're good to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm the new tech angel. Right, exactly. I don't know. I think Joe's got that down. You're, that spot's not available. That job is taken. So I was starting to say, Steve Martin, 
Born Standing Up. So far, is that the only book in the pile that you've read? It is. Yep. Okay. I was guessing you've read this one too. No? Nope. Okay. Larry King, My Remarkable Journey. I mean, who doesn't know Larry King? And again, it was all these books and the price was right. Someone's going to want to read this book. Someone will be interested. And, you know, one thing that we do on this show is is author interviews. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he... I mean, I can't, I can't even guess how many interviews he's done. Right. He does a lot of a lot more than just authors. I mean, he interviews people in all sorts of walks of life. But um, yeah, he spent a career interviewing. When you put the people up there that you first think of that interview others, he's up there. Oprah is up there. And then the other one, I don't know, comes to mind quite as much for everybody else. But the first one that would come to mind for me because of you is Terry Gross. Right. Right? So anyway, Ted Zaleski, join in the ranks. Next up, Literacy and Longing in L.A. This is a novel. And I only picked it because the title said Literacy. Um, And I think I looked at the back of the book and something there made me think, go ahead and pick this up too. Let me see if I can tell you what grabbed my eye besides. The the cover itself is a pile of books and a lady with her chin resting on her hand over the pile of books and it's literacy. Now this is probably what you call a, a chick lit kind of book. But that's all right. We got to cover all genres. That's my main. That's your main, right? That's the one you like the best. So that is Jennifer Kaufman and Karen Mack. Next one. Excuse me, your life is waiting. The Astonishing Power of Feelings by Lynn Grabhorn. Um, This is in my most common genre besides children's literature, which is personal development. So do the things you want to do. Don't wait. Life is Short is right up my alley. Um, I did not peek at any of them, but this one, just the title was right. Excuse me, your life is waiting. Um, I will tell you, that's the only personal development book in this box. Wow. Right? So there was a pretty large section, and I could have bought easily five, six, eight others, and I thought, well, the book sale doesn't end until next Sunday, so maybe I'll be back. And also I thought, get outside your box and uh, buy something different. If Lori and I walked into a store together and I actually was blindfolded, she walks off and then somebody takes the blindfold off of me, I think my chances would be pretty good at finding her by heading first for the personal development section of the board. That or the children's books is a pretty safe bet. I'm in one of those two places. All right, I'm saving this one. I'll save. Okay, here. Diana, Princess of Wales. A Tribute and Photographs by Michael O'Mara. I bought this for my friend Sharon. Uh, She and I work together, and she is a huge Princess Di fan. And this picture of her on the front is very familiar to me. And it is, um, certainly there is writing, but it is primarily uh, photography. And I just knew that she would love it. I told her that I have a book for her. I told her that it is Princess Di. I haven't given it to her yet because I want it to uh, do the show first. So this is this one's for my friend Sharon. That does make me think of something. I was reading an article just recently. Uh, a guy who, who is a, a, a ghost writer. So he-
cooperates mm. with people on books they want to write but don't have the skills or whatever it might take to, to get it done. Mm -hmm. And I think the guy was talking about how he, he usually, nobody knows who he is, but he was writing a book with uh, Prince Harry. It's called Spare. Mm. And the whole process, his process of uh, getting to know Harry and getting comfortable with him and trusting each other to come up with the book that the public is eventually going to get was, was very interesting to me. And it's not the kind of book I would I normally know, I read. say typically read. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I ever read, but mm -hmm. I have thought about uh, reading it. Two to go. This one is called States of Mind, A Search for Faith, Hope, Inspiration, Harmony, un Unity, Friendship, etc. It's a long list Yeah. in America, but here's why. So at face value, don't judge a book by its cover, you would imagine that this is about personal development, right? It sounds like the pursuit of, right? Brad Herzog is the author of this book. He took a totally different approach to it. It is places in our country that are named inspirational words as the city. Huh. So we have Friendship, Maine. We have Triumph, Louisiana. Comfort, Texas. Faith, South Dakota. And the list goes on. Yeah. I love this. Yeah, um, that's interesting. I'm not saying it's going to be the first one I read, but I am a, a travel bug. I like the inspirational words that go along with this. Planning your travel journeys based on towns that have cool names is a neat way to go. And for anybody thinking... All the ideas have been taken up. Yeah. They are not. Who, who thought about that? There is so many things out there. And it just, you know, it's a good, I think, um, reminder of why are we so into books, you know? Because there's so much out there. And for people who aren't readers, I really do think it's just that you haven't found the right book. Because just in this short, quick trip, with 15 books, we have covered so many different categories. If there's not something in this that appeals to you, I would be surprised. But if there isn't, you could go back to that book sale tomorrow and find 15 more books that are completely different. So there's something out there for everyone. Okay, last one. This one is most definitely for Ted. You're going to have to tell the story. This is Paradise by Toni Morrison. So you've read how many Toni Morrisons so far? Three, maybe. And she has like... 15. Okay. This is not one of them, is it? No. Okay, good. I took a chance. It's the only one that I saw of her. Now, the books are not organized by author, unless you're Nora Roberts and you have so many. So finding another Toni Morrison, it might have been, but this is the one that I saw and thought, yes, I'll get it. So... There you go. That adds that to your Steve Martin pile, because that's definitely for you. I think you should tell the story about Toni Morrison. I don't know if everybody knows that. Yeah, I don't remember if it's come up or not. Um, I read Toni Morrison years and years ago. I was in the Book of the Month Club, just a book that showed, it, showed up. Okay. Um, Song of Solomon, it was called. 
And I'm not even sure what got this going now, but something interested me in, in Toni Morrison a few years ago. I started reading, thinking about reading some of her books. And it just seemed like Toni Morrison just kept coming up. You know, I, every, everywhere I, I looked, you know, there was Toni Morrison. <laughs> and in the very early times of thinking about a podcast, before this was Lori and me, it was just me thinking about a podcast and thinking about what that could be. And one, and there were a number of ideas back then, but one of them was a year of reading Toni Morrison. Morrison. The idea would be I was going to read through her books and and talk about them as as I got through them. Of course, we ended up teaming up and doing something very very different. But she is still on my mind. Um, uh, I, I, I would like to read all of her books. Uh, she does some interesting stuff. Uh, very controversial times. Um, mm. She she's hitting some of the banned book lists. Mm. Um, but yeah, so uh, one more, and one I, more I, will get it, I will get it done. And none of it is, you know, as we said before, an expiration date. No pressure. This is uh, what was the last episode that we talked about the idea of freedom to read. This is freedom to read. Yes, there are all these books, but none of them are required reading on on anyone's part. And uh, I really do like the idea of setting up a little free library and putting them somewhere for people to have access to. But um, for today, it was just another one of our good book hunting trips with an interesting story and the results being 16 books that may come up in some way for us in the future on some other episodes. And it if anything, I would just like to say, um, you know, to anybody listening, to encourage you to get out there and do some good book hunting because you just walk away with with some um, some potential winners, uh, especially when it can be in a way that gives you that freedom to choose maybe outside your box, um, expand your thinking to not look off of a list that you know these are the ones you want to buy, but go with an open mind to maybe find something different. And um, I was very happy with what I found and um, looking forward to doing more of that kind of good book hunting. Yep, there are books sitting out there waiting for somebody to take them home. Yes, you can think of it that way. And actually something Patty Callahan said to us is um, I, I told her about a book that I really love and said that it just came into my life at the right time. And she said in her beautiful angelic voice, you know, books have a way of doing that. And it stuck with me. And I think that's true. You know, sometimes just that's too philosophical, but that the books are looking for you too. That book was Gift from the Sea. Yes, that one is a lifetime favorite for me. Okay, so uh, that pretty much sums it up for today. Only thing I'll mention to you is what you can expect to see of our next episode. We are going to another book festival. Uh, we recorded one recently that is our trip to Cecil County's um, book festival. That was episode 28. Uh, we are going on the road again to Easton's Chesapeake Book Festival um, on the eastern shore of Maryland. That will be an episode for sure. And then I would think soon after that, maybe some impressions from, from your interview that's coming up. 
with um, who is the author of sorry. C.W. Goodyear. Yes, that's coming up in early July. So June's just about over. July is hitting with lots of things to come. So uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. And enjoy your reading.